Hallelujah. We have to fall in love with Jesus every day, don't we? It's a new day. It's a new time to receive his love because his love never fails, never gives up. Continual. When you wake up, his mercies are what? New every morning. Isn't that nice? His faithfulness at night. Amen. I uh, want to also um, announce again or invite the first-time visitors to raise your hand so that we can give you a, a little gift. Ron is going to bring you a gift. <laughs> Amen. So we are so thankful that you're here. You're going to hear a right now word that will bless you. We have in that little packet, we have goodies, both spiritual and natural, for your enjoyment and uh, there's your goodie bag, kind of like Christmas, you know, you just come and you got a little gift, and that's our way of saying thank you for coming. So God bless you. Give another round of applause. Our first-time visitors. Yeah. In that, in that uh, uh, bag, there's a yellow card. If you can just fill it out, and they'll come around and pick it up uh, as you leave. But right now, we're going to hear, ready for this message, principles for powerful prayer. Do you want to hear about that, principles for powerful prayer? I do. Amen. I'm going to move this thing down a little bit so that you can see. Actually, move it aside. Hallelujah. Principles for powerful prayer. How many of you want powerful prayer? You want to be able to pray and have something happen, God to come through. We don't just pray because we can say, oh, we, we prayed. No, we want, we, after we pray, we want to see something happen. Amen. Amen. So let's pray right now that we receive the word that's going to come for us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we come before you, we can receive your word, that it will minister to our hearts. We can be encouraged, strengthened, and have the ability to pray unto you and see our prayers answered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, now this is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, we have the petitions that we have desired of him. That's pretty confident, isn't it? He, he said, if you pray the will of God, you will get the answer that you have been petitioning him for. This, you have to have confidence. We have to know. So we're going to find out how to get that confidence. And we want to look at uh, how this can apply into our life. In James 5, 16, look at what it says here. It says, confess your faults one to another. Do we do that? No, we hide our sins. We hide our faults. We don't tell anybody. But you need to help, be encouraged and tell someone, you know, I'm struggling with this. I need help with that. Amen? Amen. Pray, uh, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. At the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Now, I like the way it says it in the NIV. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Praise the Lord. I know uh, Vanessa was out there while we were watching her son play football, and she was praying. <laughs> Lord, help them. <laughs> In Jesus' name, glory to God. The New Living Translation said, The prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that good to know that when you kneel down and you pray to the Lord, he, you, you will receive results. Now, if this is not... It, uh, evidence in your life. We're going to look at some principles today so that we can know that we can have our prayers get through. Do you need a prayer to get through today? Do you need to reach God and have God actually move his hands in your favor? I do. I do. Praise God. So if it's not for anybody else, I'm going to take it, okay? 
So let's look at the Apostle Paul. Paul and Silas are in jail. Can it get any worse than that? (laughs) Well, they were whipped. They were beaten. They were thrown down into a dungeon, the, the inner dungeon, inner prison. That's where it's dark and dingy and, you know, it looks like there's no hope. I mean, that is bad. When I wake up, I might have things that are bad, but at least I'm not in prison. At least I'm not in the dark. I can still go to the refrigerator and get something to drink. Amen? So let's look at this. In Acts 16, verse 16, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, this is Luke telling the story, that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit through fortune-telling. She was a fortune-teller. So don't think the fortune-tellers are of, of the Lord. They may pretend like they are, but they're not. And then it says in verse 17, This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Well, that's true, isn't it? Yes. But th- the spirit of it was wrong. Have you ever had people tell you things that are true, but just the spirit, you just don't get a witness? They're just egging you on. And the way it says here in another translation, the, the woman was screaming and shouting. She was mocking Paul. And <laughs> look what it says here. Well, she did this for many days. And in the next verse says, but Paul, greatly annoyed. <laughs> he was bothered. He was wore out. This girl, he wanted to slap her, but he didn't slap her. He said, I command, he spoke to the spirit, not to the person. I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her in Jesus' name. Sometimes that person just got a spirit, you need to pull it out. And it says, and that, and he came out that very hour, or if another translation says, at that very moment. Okay, the next verse, verse 19. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. This is no picnic, is it? And when they had laid many stripes, they got tired of beating them, many stripes, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. See a picture of those soldiers whipping. Now this, this is not a pleasure cruise. This is not something that the Apostle Paul signed up for. But God had told him, you're going to suffer many things on my behalf. You're going to go to the Gentiles and to the kings, and these are the things that you... Now, most of us would say, oh, I don't want to sign up for that. Maybe somebody else, Lord. You know, I don't want to go through this. So here we got Paul and Silas in prison, in the inner inner, uh, jail, and it looks like our dynamic duel is stuck, right? You remember the Batman and Robin shows? Well, our dynamic, what's going to happen to our dynamic duel? Will they, will they overcome? Will they, get, will they succeed? Will they get out of this? And they go to a commercial, and then you, you know, have to wait and see, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> Terry McFadden was here the other, other day, the other Sunday, and she said, I used to get so frustrated because I, was, I had to go to the restroom, and I didn't know if I was going to get back in time to be able to see what happened. But in this case, only God could help Paul and Silas. Amen? So let's look what it says here. At midnight, verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, this is a miraculous scripture, isn't it? They're pray, it didn't say they started praying at midnight. It says, and they were praying, and then at midnight, God began to work. 
Now, if it was me, I would have said to Paul, I would, if I was Paul or Silas, I'd say, Lord, you've sent us here. We preached the gospel. Where are you? Wouldn't you say that? When are you going to show up? Are you, going to sh- you didn't show up when they were beating us. They didn't show up when they threw us into prison. When are you going to show up? I know when I was at cancer, I had uh, lymphoma in my neck, and I was believing God. I was confessing day and night, all day, all night, and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, when are you going to show up? I went to the MRI and went through that machine, and they took blood, and they did all kinds of things. I said, Lord, any time now, you can show up. <laughs> Amen? So when I went to the last appointment, I was sitting there, and I was still confessing. Just like Paul and Silas, they didn't give up. They kept confessing. And all of a sudden, the tumor vanished, just vanished from underneath my fingers. And I went into the doctor's office. I go, look, it's gone. He said, well, where did, you, where did it go? I said, I threw it into the sea. You know, the, isn't that what the Bible says? Say into this mountain, be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart. And you shall receive whatsoever you believe. I say, he said, you must be some kind of Oral Roberts guy or something. I go, yeah. So God began to work at midnight. They hadn't stopped praying since they got in there. Now, I'm wondering what kind of prayer did this, these guys pray? I mean, was it like the weeping prayer that we pray? Oh, God, why, why me? Why did you put me in this situation? Can't you help me? Can't you stretch forth your arms to help no, they were praying and singing hymns. Praise God. And guess what happened? Look at this. Verse 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Isn't that good news? Now notice this. They're praying. Paul and Silas are praying, but all the prisoners' uh, shackles were also released. That means when you're praying, people around you are going to get blessed too. <laughs> and whenever you come into a situation, you're going to get blessed. Now, I'm wondering, these, these guys are criminals. And you would think at midnight, they said, can you guys be quiet? You know, can you just not be praying and singing so loud? You know, don't you know we're in prison? Be qu- God's not here, so just be quiet. But something was happening. Paul and Silas had a a spirit of not giving up, but trusting in the Lord no matter what you're facing. Are we that way? We may have some dire situations, and I can agree with you. I understand sometimes you just don't feel like praying or praising the Lord because the situations are so dark and so desperate for you that you don't know what to do. But Paul and Silas, he'll later write in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Again, I say rejoice. So they were rejoicing. Now, here's a question that we should be asking ourselves. What kind of a prayer was this that persuades God to shake the whole earth on your behalf? Ooh, that's some kind of powerful prayer, isn't it? What kind of prayer makes God move the entire world because you cried out to him? Don't you want to have that kind of power? We're, we're going to find, what kind of prayer opens doors that are locked in the front of your face? What type of prayer loosens you from the chains of iniquity that have kept you down and bound in your journey? What kind of prayer is this? What kind of prayer that saves the lives of the people that are around you? What type of prayer leads people around you to ask and call upon the name of the Lord? Well, that must be some kind of a prayer. Amen? So let's look at the four principles. You ready for this? of powerful prayer that will take your life, your prayer life, to another level. Are you ready? Are you with me on this? Number one, let's go all the way back 
to when Saul first met the Lord. And do you remember how he met him? Yeah, he met him because the Lord knocked him down. Let's take a look at that. Uh, he knocked him down on the road to Damascus with a powerful light and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why, who, and, and, and Saul said, who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, in slide 66, this is what we should all say to the Lord. What would you have me to do? Isn't that what we're supposed to be saying every day? Lord, what do you want from me? What, how can I give to you? What, what can I offer you? How can I be of service to you? You have to, first, number one thing is, give your heart and your life to the service of the Lord. When you do that, you get on the Lord's side, and the Lord fights for you. The, the Lord defends you. We, we had a praise and worship leader before, Tony Espinoza. I don't know if you remember, Raina, but he cut off his finger with a chainsaw, uh, the tip of it. He went to the doctor. The doctor said, you, you're not going to be able to feel anything anymore. You're, you're not going to be able to play guitar, and it's never going to grow back. So me and, and uh, Tony prayed and cried out, we don't have a backup. We need you to get healed. The Lord has need of you. <laughs> and we prayed. He missed one week, and the next week, the finger had grown back. Isn't that something? So when you dedicate your life to the Lord, you become valuable to him. And he needs you. The Lord has need of you. Our brother Rudy had COVID, was in the hospital for eight months. Didn't look like he was going to. In fact, they talked to Gene and said, Gene, you better, better make the, the funeral arrangements because he's not going to make it. Well, surprisingly enough, he did die for six minutes. But he heard the voice of the Lord say, it's not your time. You need to go back. You need to do what, you've, what I've called you to do. The Lord had need of him. He dedicated his life and service to the Lord. Amen. Let's see. See, here's, here, is, here he is. What he did is he's been giving to the poor, those that need food. He has a little baggie here that he's preparing to give to people. And he would go to the homeless. He would give food to those that were in the park. He was doing the will of the Lord. And I showed him this scripture in Psalms 41. I'll just read it to you. It says, blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. And here it is. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. The Lord will sustain him on his sick bed. Oh, my. He was doing the will and the word of the Lord. And the Lord came through with his promise. Amen. Now, I don't know uh, uh, the Lord's will in a lot of situations. It seems like some people die before their time. And I don't know. I'm not the judge. But the Lord knows how long you're supposed to be here according to the work that you're supposed to be doing. And so we have to know that you get hooked up with the Lord. You get on his side. Amen. And, and that's why the Lord grabbed Saul. Because Saul was doing so much persecution on the Christians. God said, I need him on my side. <laughs> I need him working for me, not against me. And when I, went, when I first wanted to go into ministry, my mentor, Pastor Major, I said, I just don't like working in the secular world. I want to be a minister. He said, do what you're supposed to do where you're at. And if you're successful, God will promote you and put you and make you faithful in the things that he's called you to do. And I took that to heed. So I just said, okay, I'm going to do everything as unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is what? 
We have to dedicate and commit our hearts and our life to the work of the Lord. If you're not doing that, get on the Lord's side. Get valuable to him. Be one of his ambassadors. Do those things that he's called you to do, and God will protect you because he needs you. He needs you here. He don't need you in heaven. You know, he's got plenty of people out there, but he needs someone to work in the field, in the harvest. Praise God. So here they are. They're singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And, and so the number two thing that we have to look at is uh, we, have to have a we have to have prayer every day. You, you don't just pray when you're in trouble. You, you just don't have a laundry list of things that you want the Lord to do. You pray and communicate with him all the days of your life. As you go through the world, as you go through your life, wherever you go, just keep talking to the Lord. Because these guys went to prayer every day. Amen? Because the lady kept bothering him every day. So we can't be going there and just saying, Lord, this is what I need. Can you take care of this situation? Can you take care of that situation? So we have to know that we have to pray every day, every day to the Lord. One person said, I only pray when I need a miracle. I need a miracle every day. <laughs> every day I wake up, oh, no, here we go again. We got to pray. So we have to pray not just in emergency situations, but we have to do it when we spend time with God to communicate with him, to fellowship. That's why we were created, to have fellowship with him. And if you just don't, if you ignore him, it's like inviting someone to your house, having him sit on the couch, and you go and do all your business and ignore him. And the Holy Spirit's like, hello, are you here? Are you there? And where is the Holy Spirit? It's right on the inside of you. You can talk to him. He can hear you. Whatever you just want to whisper to him, he's there. I talked to him this morning, and he was whispering to me. I said, okay, that's wonderful, Lord. He said, I mean, we're going to have a great service today. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. Are you going to be there? He said, I'll be there. I'll be there to help you. Praise God. So the second thing is you have to pray every day. Every day, every day, every day, every day. You have a prayer life. And the third thing is... Uh, to get to your next level of prayer is to pray in a group, in, in, as a partner. You know, as Paul and Silas, they weren't praying separately. They were praying together. Paul wasn't in the corner praying, oh, Silas, you pray, I pray, we'll, we'll, and we'll see what happens. No, they prayed together, right? Corporate prayer. How do we do that? Well, on Wednesday night, we have corporate prayer here. We come together, we put our prayer requests unto the Lord, we watch and, and hear and listen to each other when we pray, we encourage one another, and God does great things, praise God. When Jesus was going to come to the disciples after he rose from the dead, he said, go to the upper room. He didn't say, go to your houses and pray. He said, come together and pray. And there's something that happens when you're joined together with someone in prayer. We've seen a lot of prayers answered, and we see a lot of encouragement. Bob uh, Arcanado was saying that he told his boss, hey, I, I, can you switch my, my days off because I want to go to prayer on Wednesday night. And his boss said, oh, by all means, do that. <laughs> and by the way, pray for me, would you? Because <laughs> I need prayer. Amen? So he didn't come just one time. He keeps coming and coming and coming. And as we do that, we see the power of the Lord. Praise God. Now, there was 120 people in the upper room, so we need to get maybe 120 people here on Wednesday night and see the power of God. Because you know what? You strengthen yourself. You strengthen your inner man when you pray. You, 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 you help each other. Praise God. It sustains you. It keeps you. Uh, prayer holds you together when you feel like you're falling apart. Amen? Yeah. At, at least you register your prayer with the Lord and you know that he's working on your behalf. 
Prayer helps you have confidence that everything is going to work out for your good, right? If you keep silent, that's what the devil wants you to do. Keep silent and not talk, not speak. You know, they had Paul and Silas, their feet were in stocks. They were trapped. They couldn't talk. They couldn't move, but they could talk. They could sing and praise the Lord. They could lift up their hands and give glory unto God. Amen. We're not in prison. We're not trapped. We can still speak out, but the devil tries to keep us quiet. I remember when my son, when he first learned how to pray uh, in the spirit, I said, Charles, are you praying in the spirit? He says, yeah, you know, but something's keeping me from praying. I don't know what it is. I go, that's the devil. You know, (laughs) we have to fight through these, you know, barriers that we put on ourselves. Sometimes we get so busy, we can't take the time out to pray. I heard one minister say, oh, I got a lot to do today, uh, so I must spend about an hour or two in prayer so that I can accomplish all that the Lord has set before me. So we have to know that we have to pray together. Now, the funny thing is, after the prison doors were open and the chains were off, these criminals didn't run out they didn't, they didn't go and say, oh, man, we're free. What did they do? They stayed together with Paul and Silas. And so the jailer came in and said, oh, no, where's everybody? And Paul said, don't, don't leave. Uh, we're, we're having church in here. Come on in. <laughs> he was about to kill himself. But he said, no, you don't have to. And the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? You guys got it going on, you know? I like the spirit with which you have. You know, you can tell how how a person is by just judging their spirit. Just ju- Have you ever had somebody that you, you talk to and you go like, mm, I don't think they've really got it. <laughs> they may be talking a good talk, but I don't know if they really are. So Paul and Silas at midnight were praying. They were singing praise unto God. So the number four thing is sing and praise God before it happens. I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, she was believing for healing and she said, you know, I see all these promises of God. I prayed them and everything, but I, something's missing. I don't know what it is. And she finally came to the revelation. Oh, I'm supposed to praise God before it happens. I go, yes, that's right. You got it. Amen. That's something that most people don't know. You have to thank God and praise him before it actually happens because the promises are true. It's like if you promise your kids you're going to get a bike for Christmas. Does a kid doubt you? No, he goes and tells all of his friends, guess what? I'm getting a bike for my birthday. You guys can join along and ride with me. I'm going to be, you know, sporting a new bike. I, I heard one guy, this is amazing. He goes, when he was a kid, he was, we, we knew he was going to be an entrepreneur because he was the only kid on the block that had a bike. So you know what he did? He charged the kids on the block 50 cents to ride his bike. <laughs> so he made some money on it, even. But you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering, what kind of psalms were, were, were Paul and Silas praying? Like maybe from Psalms 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name, O Lord, how excellent is thy name. Heaven and earth together proclaim, how excellent is thy name. Or do they cry out, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And they that dwell in there shall receive all their promises. Or lift your hands, all you people, all you gates, and lift up you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. They needed the Lord to come in. The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. So we have to press in. Amen. And God likes, 
Can I give you a secret? Ready? You can write this down. God likes to hear how much we appreciate and love him and recognize how great he is. Tell God about God. Tell him how great he is. Tell him he is the way maker when there is no way. Tell him that he's the healer when you need healing. He's the deliverer when you need to be delivered. He's your strong tower and your refuge. He is the creator of heaven and earth. You are our redeemer. You died on the cross for our sins. You paid the power. Uh, you gave us the power of the Holy Spirit. God likes hearing about himself. I like hearing about myself. How about you? Oh, Pastor Chuck, you're so great. Oh, Pastor Chuck. I just love you, Pastor Chuck. Amen. You know, uh, my, our friend, Pastor Gary, he, he gets to hobnob with the stars, and uh, he met Steve Garvey the other day, and uh, he, had, he recorded a message from Steve Garvey to me telling me how great I was and what a great job I'm doing. And I sent it out to some people, and they go, oh, that's amazing that he recognize you. I go, I haven't met him. <laughs> he just was a good spokesman. He just knew how to say it. Just right. But that's okay. I still like it. Amen? <laughs> I mean, you ladies, you like to be complimented, right? How nice your hair is, how nice your dress is, you know. If you come to church and nobody says anything and you have a new dress and you go like, nobody noticed, right? How about God? He parted the Red Sea, amen? He raised the dead. He did all kinds of great things for you. <laughs> Just acknowledge him and tell him, you are great, Lord. Praise God. So in review, how to develop a prayer life, a powerful prayer life, that is able to open prison doors and set the captives free. How do you break open the chains that bind you? Let's look at the four principles. First, you ready? Give your heart and life for the service unto God. Make prayer your daily practice. Have prayer partners. Come to Wednesday night prayer. Fellowship with the saints. Be caught up in the spirit and let the Lord minister to you. Amen. Get your prayers answered. And give praise to God before it happens. Amen. Because if you believe it, you will say it. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. I thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes I have been healed. Glory to God. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we have four principles to receive uh, all of our prayers to be answered, that they'll be powerful, dynamite, able to blow away all of our situations, all of our circumstances. We thank you, Lord God, that we can receive from you all the prayers that we have asked of you because we pray according to your will and doing the will of God in our lives. So, Father, I just thank you that you will encourage the people to want to press in and see your uh, promises fulfilled in our lives. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to offer an invitation. If you're out there and you say, I have not received the Lord, I have not formally accepted him into my life, you can do that right now by just raising your hands and we'll pray with you. And we can see the glory of God come upon you and the change that comes from being born again. So if that's you, I want you just to raise your hand and we'll pray with you. And uh, those of you that are at home, you can raise your hand <laughs> and we'll look through the eye of faith and say, Lord, I thank you for those that are out there that need to know you, Lord God. I thank you that you come into their heart, be Lord of their lives, forgive them of all their sins, and show them the path of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you're here and you say, you know what, I've kind of strayed away. I haven't been following the Lord as closely and completely as I should. And if that's you, you could raise your hand and we'll pray with you as well. So let, 
the Lord know that you're committed to him. And you know, we just, none of us really pray enough. We, we need to keep continuing to pray every day. The Bible says, um, uh, pray always, pray continually. So Father, in the name of Jesus, for those that are here and say, you know, I need to step up my prayer life, allow you to come into my situations and my circumstances. And Father, I just pray that they will receive you, commit themselves to you, and see you work in their lives more completely and fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. We're going to have communion right now before we go. So Pat and Ron are going to come up. We're going to bless the elements, and we're going to receive it.